0: Pressure than your father podcast.
1: Oh my! I think this is number. Are we at twenty? We're at twenty. Number. That's, 20. that's really heavy.
0: It's big, man. It's big.
1: Ayo. Yeah. <laughs> Look, let's 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 just come out and say it right now, man. You're 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 dark with a head cold right now, man. You're playing hurt, right? You're gonna you're gonna go for it.
0: I'm going to go for it. Although, according to what uh, uh, Dwayne and LeBron think, um, that was just a bunch of media hype.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So is their overall talent as a team. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> i be here all week. I'll be here all week. All right. But yeah, but you, you had an intense day.
0: I had You're, an intense day.
1: And it, it did involve Ikea.
0: It involved, let's just, it involved the Ikea. It, 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 look, it was one of those days where when when you're walking down the, sub, the stairs to the subway to get the subway, and yeah. you're about to put your car through, or you put your car through. Yeah. Well, actually, I would say you're about to put your car through. The train that you're trying to catch to stay out of the rain takes off. Ooh. It's one of those days. It's one of those days when... You've been talking about going to Ikea for a couple of weeks now. You need these record shelves and you have all the record shelves and you have these things and all of the um, credit card and debit card machines at Ikea stop working and they only accept cash while you're oh. sitting in line. Oh. And then it's also the type of day where you rent the U-Haul jump off out of the IKEA parking lot and you deal with the New York Brooklyn crazy traffic dimensions and you swerve to, to keep a, a crazy cab driver from hitting you head on and you take out some dude's side view mirror oh. in the rental U-Haul truck it's also some New York shit because we got out of there and I paid him forty three dollars in cash and I was out.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. There's some things that are that are very New York that really should be spread out to other people. Yeah, it should be spread out to other places. That's yeah. that's outstanding. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Especially in the day of phones, you just Google up cost of side mirror. Bam, done. Cash. We well,
0: not even Google up. We're in the middle of the street negotiating. We're saying, "Come on, man, it's just the glass in the mirror." Right. I'll hit you. I'll hit you with. I'll hit you with thirty. Well, no, first he says thirty. Then we're like, he's like, "But yo, you know, some of it's coming out of my pocket." I'm like, "Yo, I'll hit you with 40. He's like, "Nah, it's got to be more than forty because it's coming out of my pocket." Then shout out down Littlewood. Down Littlewood's like, "Well, you know, it could be less than 40. It could be 20, but we're giving you 40, so come, you're getting money in your pocket. Little wood. And finally, I just pulled the cash out. Ayo. Hey, I just pulled it out. And once he saw the actual cash in hand, he was like, all right, all right, all right. 43, all right. And we were See, like, cool, peace. And we peace. Were
1: cash in hand. Cash so in hand. Powerful.
0: We're in the middle of the street. Wow, it was out.
1: Wow. See, this is so. This is completely not related, but kind of related. I was just flipping through records because, you know, that's what we do. And yeah. I, I had a, a JD twelve inch, and there was a sticker on there from some place it was purchased by the person who bought it full price, and uh, it was like price six twenty three, cash price five ninety nine. You could have saved 24 cents...
0: 24 cents.
1: If you just had cash in hand.
0: Cash in hand, man.
1: Cash in hand. That's fresh. As fresh as it gets for breaking a mirror and having to deal with that bullshit in the middle of the road. But you're safe, you're sound, and as lame as the day was, you're currently fresher than your father.
0: I'm striving, man. I'm striving to stay fresher than your father.
1: I can dig it.
0: I'm a little scared, you know... Further adventures outside today. I feel like there's this. This is one of those days. Yeah, I'm a little scared. There's still some hours left in today. Things could happen. Right. You know, I could open up these IKEA boxes. It could be like the wrong color joints, the wrong parts. But right, I just got to keep it moving. I feel like you know, you want to test me. I'm gonna try to keep it moving. So here we are, fresher than your father podcast. We're here.
1: So real quick, we we. You know, just to let you guys behind the current And both of you who listen to the podcast We talk about what we're going to talk about And then we often throw in like audibles We throw in shit that we hadn't talked about what we are going to talk about So I've been watching this Human Planet thing You heard, mm-hmm. you hip to the Human Planet?
0: No, what's up with the Human Planet
1: So it was made by the people who made Planet Earth, uh, Life, Blue Planet, right? BBC, video people, documentary styles It's yeah. basically nature porn, right? Yeah So they came with These are people who live in various environments and how are people getting down in various environments. And of course, you know, for most dramatic reasons, it's not about let's paint an accurate picture of these people's lives, but let's find the most outrageous, most extreme examples of what people do. Of course. To, you know, which you have to kind of understand is what you're watching, but it doesn't diminish the amazement of seeing some of the shit that you're checking out. And throughout it all, there were so many examples of people like, you have to wipe fear out of your mind. So many times people said, yo, fear, can't really fuck with fear. Because right now, we are the Dinobo tribe in Kenya, and what we do is take meat from lions. Ooh. Right? This is what we do we roll up on lions while they're eating their kill. We force them to take off. We cut off some of the meat, and then we bounce. This is what we do. And there's like, you know, you wipe fear out of your mind. There's no fear. We're getting that meat, and the lions are coming up off it, right? Yeah. No fear. And it was just to the point where, because like after on the DVDs, they have like the making of little little uh, thing where they show you what it was like to make it. Yeah. And the Nobos are laughing at the camera people from the BBC, like, yo, <laughs> they're scared. They're trying to talk, up, talk us out of it, like we haven't done this before, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, they're laughing, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you check these people over here, right? And then there was the cat. He was, uh, I think he was in the Congo or somewhere. I don't know. But he climbs this humongous tree just to get some money for his family. Knows he's getting stung. Knows full well he's getting stung. And he's climbing this tree up... I I don't know, Ian. Like, hundreds of feet? It seemed extreme, right? It seems kind of extreme. Fear... He's not fucking with fear. Fear isn't, you know... Like, we don't don't fuck with fear. One of the illest ones, right? Was in the Himalayas. There's this town that gets cut off in the winter. Because, you know, it's the Himalayan mountains in winter. Right? So... Driving kind of is like, yeah you're not really doing that. But when these kids have to go to school, right, they have to walk down the frozen river 100 kilometers, which is like, I don't know how many miles. What, 70 miles maybe? As a family. yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going, you're walking. It takes them a week to walk to school on a frozen river, right? This like, just
0: this just seems a little out of control. But okay. it's,
1: it's out of control, but they live in this town. The kids go to school. I mean, but it's not like a daily thing, right? Like, they, they go, it's like a boarding school kind of style. Like, yeah. they go there, and they yeah. live there, and the dad drops them off. But that's what it is in this town. Like, they walk, because the roads are impassable, and this is the way. And there's a special term for it. It's called the charter or something. Or It's a wow. special, like, they walk down the, no fear. Cats just aren't fucking with fear. So, Ian, you cannot fuck with fear this evening. I'm not. No fear.
0: You know, it's not. It's not really fear. It's more like this slight cynicism about. There you go. About yeah, I see what you mean. What What could possibly happen? Because honestly, so the the day ends, and, and shout out to Dan Littlewood because I I couldn't have gotten through this day without having like a partner in crime, and like we kind of you know like he was dealing with some other things. I was dealing with things. We were both dealing with some of this stuff together. Right. It was, it made it a lot easier. If I'd been by myself, I might, I might have, I might have, you know, walled out. I might have had like some kind of moment of like panic, like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Oh yeah. And I did raise my voice at one point to, uh, an IKEA pl- employee, which I, I feel bad about because it wasn't his fault, but, sure. but, you know, it was a pretty crazy scene. And, um, some-
1: Sometimes these things get said.
0: Things get said. Things get done. Yep. Things happen, basically. Yep. But day ends with me, Littlewood's going to check some, you know, you know how Littlewood gets down. He's going to check some girl. uh, And uh, we say peace down over by um, Carroll Gardens, part of Brooklyn. We've walked from Ikea up through Red Hook. New Yorkers, right. you know about these things. Yeah. Fair, fair, decent walk um, after dropping off the U-Haul and just ending the whole craziness, so kind of ending it. And so, the G-Train, an infamous train in Brooklyn, but, nevertheless, right there, he's rolling G-Train south, check for the woman. me, I'm trying to step the G train north to get home. Right. I go down into the station. I wait patiently for the G train. The F train comes, which will guide me closer to home, but not as close. I say, no, no F train. I'm waiting for the G train. Right. The F train leaves. A woman walks over to me and says, is the G train running? I look behind me and plastered all over the station are signs that say, no G train, nights and weekends. Oh. I walk home. So. Oh. I could have walked to another train, but where I live in Brooklyn, it's just really pointless at that point. It's just like, fuck you, fuck everything. I'm walking. I was actually pretty calm. I copped a juice, you know what I mean? Yep. I just was like, yo, I gotta zen this out. I'm just gonna yep. walk home, rolled home, collapsed on the floor like ah get the call from the homie. Wow. He wants to go out to check some dinner. I'm like, yes. I get in the car. Yes. I put my hand down like on near the window, like when you get in a car, you know, driver's side seat and boom, just ram my finger right into a thumbtack. Oh, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> it's one of those days.
1: It's one of those
0: days. Sometimes it's one of those days. That's real. I'm not really fearing what, what might happen, although I really, I, I like these stories that you just brought, this lions, this, some crazy things going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it was just a, uh, uh, an excuse to tell those stories. Yeah, <laughs> That was really just it, I just wanted mm-hmm. to tell those stories. And I saw a window and I dove through the window. It you know, it's all good. Yeah. It is all yeah, it is all good. It's all good. It is all good. And I, I, I highly recommend the human planet, Jones. And and watch with a critical eye, but because mad mad crazy shit goes down on that.
0: Mad, mad crazy yeah. shit. You might even see some Yetis.
1: Yetis. I think I think uh uh the 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 heat have been seeing a yeti quite regularly. I think so.
0: <laughs> I think I think honestly after my story last Fresher Than Your Father
1: nineteen, download that. Download that if you have already dot net. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Um
0: where I talked I talked about this cat I used to know, he like kinda of transformed into a Yeti at one point. You know, kind of a beast man. Mhm. But after watching these finals, I'm not sure if he really was a full Yeti or if my friend was just kind of like a like a crazy wild beast man for a moment running down the hill. Because Dirk, he's really just going for it here. Full on Yeti status. Un- so unbelievable. Unstoppable. And I, I got to say, I... I called Dirk out on this podcast. I feel like, I don't know, three or four episodes ago. Definitely at the start of the season as well, I was like, Dallas, ah, Dirk, soft. I'm talking about dental work, you know right. what I mean?
1: Right, If He ain't no dentist.
0: You know? Like, like here's a dude who got a dental checkup during a game from <laughs> Dave West.
1: As, as, as described by uh, Michael Cooper. My, definitely, yeah. Definitely get your YouTube on, on for that.
0: Yeah, and... <clears throat> And so I felt like kind of got written off. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like I was. I mean, I knew Dirk was good. Don't get me wrong, but oh, yeah. I was. I always thought he just collapsed in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And and he's he's just going.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I, I'm wondering how much. I mean, you got the Golden State series, and you got mm-hmm. you know the Miami Heat series in '06 in the finals. How often did he really collapse in the playoffs, or how often did he just play his ass off on a team that got beat? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I think it just shows it just shows how how you can just view certain players through their teams, and how you can you know like I don't know you know like yeah.
1: And it, 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 that team has been as poorly managed as the Cavs when you think about it. They traded away Steve Nash, which, looking back, that was so asinine. You just fire Nelly. You fire Don Nelson, you get a real coach in there, and then you start winning titles. Yep. But hindsight's twenty twenty. And But after Steve Nash is gone, then you have just a ridiculous collection of also-rans and other dudes. Yep. No, for as great as Cuban is, all the dough he has, oh, what a great organization, how much players want to play there, nobody was rolling up on Dallas. Like, yes, we're going to play here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Nobody, nobody. So <clears throat> it was like he was—he had this great team. He was—he was rolling out with. Although that—that that team that went to the finals was so major. I mean, they they used to have the major wars with my Spurs, man. Just, yeah, just yeah, legendary conflicts, and. So I I, kind of, I almost, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I I carried that thought forward, too. I mean, no one was ever saying, like, the Dallas Mavericks are the team to beat for the finals. But there was that period during the year right before he got hurt where I remember people saying, you know, the the Mavericks are kind of playing the best ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you kind of hear people say stuff like that. And you're like, oh, okay. You don't really think about it. But then Karan Butler gets hurt. And you're like, well, okay, that's that. No, 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 no. Full Yeti.
0: <laughs> Full Yeti. Yeti's making appearances, man. I saw Chewbacca in the audience.
1: Oh yeah, man. Have you heard slight, slight Yeti detour? Have yeah. you heard the the track Chewbacca by a uh, Random Axe? No. It 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 only is called Chewbacca because because Sean Price opens the song with Chewbacca. <laughs> it's the first word out of his mouth. <laughs> the first word uttered on the track is Chewbacca.
0: <laughs> wow i'm gonna have to play that at the end of the podcast
1: oh yeah chewbacca random acts yeah <clears throat> dirk is just is, is it's like he puts up shots and you expect them to go in that's just it. yeah
0: it's 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 pretty crazy and even like the drives like oh. what's he doing oh yeah he's just going in there and it's not like i don't i don't know i'm just i'm thoroughly impressed
1: so let me let me throw this out to you because I, I was so taken aback by this. I was talking to my dad this morning, <clears throat> and my dad, per the the dominant conversation about the series, which is all heat focused, he believes something is just amiss. There's he's his conspiracy styles are full full force. He feels like there's an interest in seeing Dirk win for lack of white people who, as the main player on teams uh-huh. that have won titles. And the the curiousness, and I, I don't, you know, we don't really want to go down that road, but the curiousness of the way that the Heat have played towards the end of games leads him to believe that, you know, the league just wants this to happen. And there's some kind of way the Heat are complicit in this and are down for it and are letting it go down. And I say that to say, There have been so many times, and I just think it, I personally think it's just because Dirk is that dude, where you see him get down the lane or get to the rim, and you're like, how the hell is that dude doing that, right? Uh Uh Like, against the Spurs, you kind of saw it, because there really weren't that many athletic dudes that could stop him. And Tim Duncan was down there, so it wasn't like he got down there and was doing whatever he wanted, but he would get down there when he wanted to get down there. How does Dirk do that? He gets around Chris Bosch, he gets around Haslam. Like, he gets around cats, who he is taller than. And in theory, because I, I don't know that I agree with this, but in theory, not as athletic as. Uh-huh. He just gets to the rim.
0: He just gets to the rim, man. And he just weaves in there. Dude. I will say this. I want to say this. Because I think that the the – well – I think that because of the whole season with all the media hatred of the heat um, being this, I don't know, for all the reasons that we've talked about this, but like there's legitimate reasons, especially for Cleveland fans to hate the heat Mm -hmm. and LeBron. But these reasons about they're doing it the wrong way. They conspired, blah, blah, blah. And like, just this kind of villainization of LeBron and right and and cats um that just w- way overblown on top of the fact I do think that certain media heads have hyped up Dirk a Whoa. little more whether it's conscious or subconscious I yeah. do think certain especially white media heads have hyped up Dirk cuz he is that that great white hope dude even though he's yeah. a, he's a german but he's still the white dude and the yeah. uh, one of them, one person I can't stand is um, that uh, she's a woman reporter. She's been on the sidelines at the end of games. Um, oh, uh, is it Doris Burke? Doris is her Burke. Name? Doris Burke, yeah. okay? And Doris Burke, when, after that, that Mavs win, where Tyson Chandler played out of his mind, mm-hmm. interviews Chandler and asks him, Three straight questions about Dirk. She doesn't even ask Chandler about how he's playing. Yep. How what he did. Yep. She asked him question after question. It was it was Dirk's sick game about what Dirk looked like. How did you support Dirk? What's up? You know, like was how amazing was Dirk's play? Come on, son. Come on. Wow. That, that's uncalled for, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's yeah.
0: I mean I understand why the media complex does it but like there's little things like that that if I was a heat fan and if I was if I was someone who was like you know looking especially for like media conspiracies that's the kind of stuff that sticks out there to me you know yeah and yeah. and I, I do think there is you know like whenever whenever there's a really I don't know like a, a you know like a, a, a white player or you know um I don't know. I feel like there's uh, there's always potential for certain certain media heads to grasp on there and, and hype it up a, a little too much. And all that. I mean, look, Dirk is playing out of his head. This is these are some of the greatest finals games ever. in my opinion. Oh, they're
1: they're fantastic. It's been a while since we've it, seen uh, the finals this contested. Yeah, it's great.
0: It's great. So anyway, that's what I just want to put that little thing. I can kind of hear some of that. Yeah, but I also think that these finals are just amazing. Down to the wire, every game. Oh man! There's easier yeah. ways to, to 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 like you know conspire to get a team to win the finals. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and I know we we it, it's silly to go too deep into it because nobody knows really what's happening. But the LeBron thing is super fascinating to watch. Uh-huh. It's so interesting, and like the the fourth quarters have been, especially since he's. Beasting out on D, I don't care what people. I mean, yo, you know, cats are going crazy with these like breakdowns of like things he missed defensively. But the 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 way he thwarted—I love that word—thwarted your boy Sean Marion on a dunk towards the end. Uh-huh. I mean, uh huh. He's he's doing ill stuff right now, and, and I, I, I don't even
0: think that game that everyone's hating on, like oh he didn't show up, he disappeared. Sure, he didn't score that many points. I didn't think he, like, was shitty on defense.
1: I thought he was solid on defense. Oh, man. Come on, dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's so many things that are factoring in. And, you know, I I definitely check for for Jason Woodlock. I don't agree with him on everything. But one thing he's been kind of pointing out with the new ESPN book is how nobody really covers ESPN because they're such a major sports entity. And these finals are on ABC, which is, you know, ESPN is all – they're all Disney companies – Yada, yada. Um, it's real interesting seeing how everything is covered. Everything is talked about. Um, and Whitlock is really calling out some of the business interests of ESPN because they're in bed with the NBA. Uh-huh. Right? They're in bed with the NBA. So and maybe we're getting too heady with this, but, you know, a lot of a large part of this, this drama surrounding the heat is about labor issues. Right. And workers rights. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And and the solvency of the league financially depends on looking at how the NFL model works, keeping the the foot on the neck of the workers. Yeah right on the workforce. So sometimes it's worthwhile to stop and question why are we hearing all this hate about the heat when workers decided where they work, how they work and who they work with. Absolutely. You know and Absolutely. in the business interests of the people who stand to make money with the leagues, and the leagues are... so. But, see, that's not even a real topic in the sense that the league has been so hugely successful this year, so much interest, so much positive going on. But even within the midst of that, the owners cannot fuck with workers' rights. Yep. They just can't fuck with workers'
0: and rights. And that really... That's, that, that's the main storyline that pisses me off when people bring up the, the criticisms of LeBron, like, yep. this year. Like, yep. I think we all know the decision was ridiculous on many levels, yep. you know. I think any any team that gets up and parades a, a lot or any, anyone who gets up and talks a bunch of shit about how they're going to, you know, win and blah, blah, blah before they do something, it's, it's kind of a dick move, you know, yep. whatever, sports or anything else. Yep. But, you know, and Cleveland fans such as yourself – Obviously, yep. I think as a fan, pure fandom, emotional, you sh- you know you, you should and can be pissed about shit. You about your favorite player or a star player leaving the town. But yeah. but this but, whole whole thing about the the players conspiring and this whole thing about people going behind the backs of 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 who? You know what I mean? The right. owners, the right. owners. You know what right. I mean? Well, well,
1: guess what? Exactly. Yep. So that that's all. I don't know. You just got to it's, its so much madness, man, going on in the coverage and the way things are covered. Like, what's up with the stat shit? Are you—are you as annoyed and overwhelmed by the constant stat barrage that comes at you?
0: Yeah, I can't. Who? I can't. I, I... Who's
1: fucking with it? Is that a
0: betting thing? What is that? I wonder if I wonder if betting drives some of that, because the it's... the stats thing has gone—it's gotten crazy. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, eleven out of eleven teams who have won game three have won the entire series. Yeah. But then, you know, two to, two games later, you know, uh uh 19 out of 26 teams that have won game 5 have gone on to win the, Really?
0: I got really? I got to say though, what what really makes me smile, even though like I said dumb shit, I predicted uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um but uh although Well, anyway, I'm not going to talk my little shit, but I, you know, but I love that the, the pundits have, have kind of fucked up royally the last couple of years, like all these so called experts. Yeah. They all picked Dallas to lose. Dallas was the easiest. They were the biggest pushovers. Everyone wanted them round one in the West. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I knew that they'd go to the finals. But I just think it's funny that the so called experts all whether there were guys who never played the game or cats who played the game a long time, all of them are saying Dallas is weak, it's done. Yep. You know? Last year, Celtics are old, they're done. It's over. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And like you know, like Miami, they'll make it a round or two, but there's no way they're going all the way. And I, I I love that these cats didn't get it right, man. Not, not all of them, but the vast majority of them.
1: Well, and, and and what's interesting is that so much of what ESPN calls analysis is pick culture. Yeah. They're, they're always that you have to pick. Pick now. What do you think? Who do you yep. pick? Who yep. wins the series? How does this play out? All the time. And so there's always, and, and you're starting to hear some pushback where people will say stuff like, well, I'm not ready to make a statement until I see the next game or we really can't say, and I, I'm sure they sit around and say to each other, man, this is such bullshit. How the fuck do we know? Right? Like we're, we're not in the locker rooms. We're here in Bristol, Connecticut, watching games on film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not around these teams to be able to say for sure, this is what we think is going to happen and what we don't. Um, yeah. It, 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 cause it's, it's annoying and it's silly and it is good when people are showing up, you know, for their ridiculous picks. And and these definitive statements about people, players, teams. Like, we know this team is dot, dot, dot. Word. Yep. Word. They're this, they're that. I mean, it makes for great sound bites, I suppose. But it's not thoughtful. No, no. It's definitely not thoughtful. But all that said, man, I'm so fired up for this next game.
0: Oh, yeah, man. This is just, man, this is Uh, a great fucking series. Both these teams are just hungry, man. It's just so hungry. Yeah.
1: And if cats are busy, because I'm mad busy, I I have yet to watch a game beginning to end. But I usually will come in like halfway through the first quarter, see what's going on, dip out, check up again in the second quarter, may watch a little bit in the third. But the fourth quarter, especially the second half of the fourth quarter, it's on. And the games have been so close. It's really, you know what I mean, like you could there's all kinds of great basketball happening, but you come that last fourth that fourth quarter, yo.
0: Yeah. so major. Every time. Every oh time. Oh my
1: gosh. Oh my every, gosh.
0: Every time. I'm 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 really impressed that like teams will go up by like 7 by 9 by 10 and you just it's just it's meaningless. Meaningless. Meaningless, you know what I mean? I'm also impressed that uh that Brian Cardinal is still in the league.
1: Man, I saw this on somebody's blog, some post somewhere. Like he has got to be the the rec center hero of all time. Doesn't he look like he just rolled out the Y? He,
0: it's just the ugliest game. He's just sprawling around. He's hustling. Yep. Like like some guy at the Y. But he's, I'm just I'm amazed. It's just I'm not amazed by his game. Don't get me wrong. I'm amazed right. he's still around and he's out there. Hit a random three. He'll make like a, a crazy defensive play, and then the next play he'll just foul the shit out of someone. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just uh, I'm amazed. He he's kind of looking a little. He's not Yeti-ish, but right, he's a little little monster, little Frankenstein out there. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: I think championship caliber teams have those little scrappy asshole-ish, weird dudes coming off the bench. It's true. Whether it's Rambis or Madsen, yeah. or to to throw a monkey wrench in the race baseness of my analogies, we could, <laughs> <laughs> you could go with a, a late term as Alonzo morning what coming about, in and beasting out on people for like five minute stints.
0: Danny Ferry, what about yep.
1: uh
0: <laughs> when Danny Ferry had the facial mask? It was just a whole other level. <laughs> that was a whole other level. I forgot all about it. It was that. like Darth It was like some kind of warped white Darth Vader guy coming in, running <laughs> around, like, or, or like someone out of like a like a villain out of like a Van Damme movie. You know what I mean? From the eighties. Wow. Just a facial mask, and like a basketball jersey. Uh, anyway,
1: Danny Ferry catching that
0: analysis right now. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, he, that was on the oh, Spurs, right. right? The you're, facial mask? You're right.
1: you're right. When you're
0: rocking the facial mask, <laughs> it's, it's a level. I mean, oh yeah. do we yeah. have an all-facial mask team? We have Rip. We have Danny Ferry. Yes. Has anyone else ever really rocked the facial mask?
1: Oh, man. Did Amari rock the facial great. mask at some he point? He did. He did, yes. Um, who else? There had to be a point guard who rocked the facial Yo, mask. I don't
0: know. We had a problem. I listened to the episode of Freshers Than Your Father where... We were trying to come up with the all goggle team. Yeah. And we had a big problem finding the point guard on the all goggle team.
1: Point guards are not they're not they're not going out like that.
0: Nah. No.
1: Nah. And plus they got to be able to see
0: the facial mask, man. Can you remember, what if cats come with facial masks and they start like drawing little smiley faces on the facial mask or they like they Oh wow. They like they like Blackout part of it, so that you can just see their eyes coming through. or Some they, hockey,
1: yeah, it was about the same, man. it should just go full hockey style and just do do full like like you know what I mean. Paint them, yeah, colors. You know what I mean,
0: exactly. Or messages. You could have yes. like tattoos on the facial mask,
1: man. I gotta say, I don't know if you want, uh, uh, I don't know if you want some of the, uh, the the oh, how do I say this in a way that does it? I don't know if you want the brothers like painting messages. On their, on their, uh, uh, on their masks, a lot of messages to haters. I would assume. <laughs> I would assume that the haters would catch mad, mad negativity <laughs> coming from from face mask quotes. <laughs> haters, haters have totally taken over for sucker MCs. Remember what sucker MCs used to catch mad hell? Yeah, sucker MCs, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, haters. But remember, there was the part. Remember when player haters were first oh, introduced into the yeah. the lexicon, and there yeah. was a lot of player haters and player hating. But then right. at some point, players just lost. If you were a player or you play, it just kind of went away. Well,
1: just you know what? I, I think what it was was a lot of people realized that they in no way could be considered players. Yeah, but they still wanted to identify the haters that they had. Yeah, I, I'm no player. But I still got haters, right? That's it. that's basically what they wanted to let you know. Uh,
0: but yo, to put it to bed, has anyone else rocked the, fa- the 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 facial mask in the last fifteen years?
1: Nothing is popping in my head right away, but I'm sure if we if we thought about it, because you basically just have to look at like who's broken noses. Steve Nash didn't go with the facial mask, did he? He just went with tape. Yeah,
0: Steve Nash just went. Yeah. I don't know what kind of style that was,
1: man. And by the way, like if there's a a, a genetic hybrid or a genetic in between between the the Chewbacca and the Ewok, that's what Steve Nash is. That <laughs> motherfucker's been going Yeti on people for quite some time.
0: Quite some time.
1: Like like just full six foot two Yeti. I,
0: I you know now he's lounging at games with various like women,
1: which. If you're Steve Nash, if you're Steve Nash, that's how you got to roll. That is completely how you have to roll. He's nah. the basketball version of Littlewood.
0: And I saw. It. <laughs> I follow his Twitter occasionally. I'm not on Twitter a lot, but you know, I'm not on Twitter a lot. But when I do check Twitter, some, that's <laughs> I check up on Steve Nash, and I heard him, yo, on on the on the 10th or the 20th or whatever whatever it was, the anniversary of Illmatic. Yeah. Nash tweets out his favorite Illmatic cut, in New York State of Mind. Wow! So my man is is he's up on Illmatic.
1: Wow! Yeah. That's a good choice too.
0: It is. It's, it's I thought that was one of the you know one this one of my top two cuts on there. Solid so. Whew, we just went in. Yeah. Yeah. Were you ready, folks? We went there, and we have about you know we have eight minutes. Left. Eight minutes
1: left, yeah. So I, I do have a question. Okay. I was going through records as I am want to do. I, I don't know where my language is today, man. I'm using crazy phrases and whatnot today. So I'm flipping through records, and I realized that in one place, because my records aren't organized, so when things are in the same place, it's kind of exciting. I have Crooklyn Dodgers 12-inch yes. and the return of the Crooklyn Dodgers 12-inch. So I have them together, and then when I realize this, what do I do? I play Crooklyn Dodgers, produced by a Tribe Called Quest, it says on the right. Is that just Q Q-tip beat? Probably,
0: yeah. Although, but didn't, didn't Ali Ahmed, didn't he produce one
1: of those? Yeah, well, I, maybe it is his. He's definitely on the liner notes. Like, it says produced by a Tribe Called Quest, but in the writers, Ali is listed. So we'll say produced by Tribe and featuring uh, Special Ed, um, Buckshot, and I see his face, but I'm blanking on his name right now.
0: Special Ed Buckshot. And was that Master Ace? Master Ace. Thank you. Duh. I just got
1: finished looking at it. I'm looking at the stupid 12 listening to the song. And then Return of the Crooklyn Dodgers, right, which was on the Crooklyn soundtrack. I mean, on the Clocker soundtrack. Yeah. Produced by DJ Premier. And that featured Chub Rock, OC, and J. rude to Damage It.
0: That's right.
1: So after listening to both, Ian, I, I, I had a question, and I, I want you to explain to me why, why this is wrong. Because I'm not completely convinced it's wrong, but this was the thought that came to my mind. Is the first Crooklyn Dodgers whack? <laughs> no. The lyrics were Ridiculous. Maybe it's just in like comparison to. Now, so, this is the other thing I was thinking that made a let off the hook. So, the first Crooklyn Dodgers was on the Crooklyn soundtrack. And for those of you who don't follow Spike Lee movies, Crooklyn is, you know, back in the day in Brooklyn in the 70s. It's a wistful. It's sad, but it's wistful. It's memory. And so, there's an upbeatness to it, right? Uh huh. Clockers, meanwhile. Yeah. Is a, a, a dark crime story. And the return of the Crooklyn Dodgers song is so deep and heavy uh-huh. and moody. But I, I, maybe I just wasn't ready for the lightness of the first one. Because I had been, uh, but yeah, what do you think? What do you say? I think that
0: the feel of the first one is classic to me. The feel, I don't know if it's when I first heard it on, this, this, on a dub of the tape or whatever, but I just think the lyrics are dope, the beat is fresh, the feel is good. It's a classic Brooklyn joint. Okay. All that being said, I think the second one's a better song.
1: Yeah, no Deeper,
0: question. I think the MCs are sick. Uh, yeah. You know, Premiere comes through.
1: Oh, does Premiere come through? I mean,
0: I just think, I think between the two, I think the second one's a more interesting, uh, better song. But I just think the feel of the first one is, is, is still classic.
1: And I, I guess I was just, I don't know if my mind wasn't in that frame. Like, to be fair, when the first one came out, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was classic. And one of the geniuses of the those tracks is that they were catching people at kind of down times a little bit. Uh-huh. Right? So it wasn't like, I mean, Special Ed definitely wasn't popping in, in 94. I think, which is when that came out, 94. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Black Moon, their, their peak had come, and they were you know, yeah, they could, yeah. they, it was boot camp was still in their heyday, but boot camp had already had their moment. And now, by that point, I have to go look at the dates, but I think you know. I
0: think that was ninety five, and I think you know Black Moon had already really popped yeah, off. that Smith pop- and Wesson was popping off. Right, Helter OGC held a Skelter, but yeah, right I, the second wave. Yeah,
1: and and Master Ace, you know, again, it wasn't like he was.
0: No, nah, no. Nah. Well, I mean, excited. that's the beauty of those tracks, man. I mean, like you had for—I don't want to say you had forgotten, but like Chubb Rock's heyday ended in like '92. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and here's Chubb Rock just dropping a dope opening verse. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: On Crooklyn Dodgers Part Two. Oh, you know, just killing.
1: He, he really did, and he sets the stage in and... OC. The, the whole track is really amazing.
0: The it's really track. amazing. It's dope. Now, yeah. well, no, I I have this kind of foul Chub Rock line in my head. he said on some song that just came out, but I'm not even going to go there because it's just way too... It's way Chub, man. I saw Chub... Speaking of the Brooklyn Dodgers, this is kind of depressing too, but I just want to say I want to big up Chub Rock because I saw Chub Rock in the park several years ago in Brooklyn. Classic concert. Prospect Park. They actually did the Crooklyn Dodgers songs. Hosted by Buckshot. Special Ed was there. Chub Rock was there. J. Rue was there. Master Ace was there. It was a class... DJ Premier did a hilarious classic set. Wow. And Chub Rock does a set. And his set is basically a party-moving set. So... He has him and a DJ and, you know, we're talking about some underground cats, you know, like a lot of these cats, they might've had one, two, maybe three danceable hits, a lot of head nodding going on, you know okay, Okay. But, and this is a park, free concert, families, heads, all kinds of people. Right. I may have mentioned this on an earlier podcast. I don't know. Anyway, Chubb Rock gets up there and he's just playing the classics. This DJ is just dropping 30 seconds, 45 seconds of, of just the classics. Late 70s, early 80s, disco, funk, all that shit. Feel Hype, good shit. Feel good hyping the crowd up. Multi-generational crowd. Cats are dancing. Cats it's, are, it's,
1: it's basically heaven.
0: It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> We've already gone through nerdy stuff, hardcore stuff, you know, like... OC got up and did like songs from like the DITC era. I mean, like, you wow. know, some things that like the heads in the crowd are like, yeah, singing along with, but like two thirds of the crowd is kind of like, all right, cool. You know, like we weren't at fat beats in 97, <laughs> you know, like we didn't right. buy that 12 inch. Right. <laughs> but, but now Chub Rock is on stage and he's just going back and forth across the stage just hyping up the DJs. The DJ is playing Zap, is playing Rick James, is playing Michael. It's just, it's just dropping all the classics. I'm and am so
1: fired up right
0: and now. And then, like, you know, and I think it was like a 15-minute, 20-minute max set. So 10 minutes into the set, he's just dropping the classics, and boom, treat them right, you know? And, right. Then, and then he's just going in, treat them right, three verses. Everyone's singing along. And then I think they, they might have done your Bad chubs or another classic Chub Rock joint. And I'm not even going to pretend that I know all the lyrics to those joints. But, you know, those, those Chub Rock joints were like get-down-party-type joints, you know? Yep, yep. And he, uh, he leaves the set and he says something like, I forget, he might have said this at the start of the set, but I think he said it near the end. He's like, yo, thanks so much. You know, like, we got families in the house. I don't swear on my records because I want that to be, you know, uplifting and family material. We're trying to drop knowledge, you know, like, you know, like I never, I never call a woman, you know, the B, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just there's like a group of women standing in front of me. who are all probably like late 30s who are just dancing the whole time. Right. Right. Just loving it. everyone the full the little kids dancing everyone's up there dancing. And so he says this thing about not swearing and not calling, not dis- disrespecting women, blah, blah, blah. But not on any kind of like preachy shit, just on some, I'm going to drop a little science at the end of my set. We all had a good time. This is why I do what I do. j Rue gets up there, starts his set with the bitches. Hmm. J-Ru j. man. I'm not sure exactly why I told that story. It was just Brooklyn Dodgers, where they are now, what happened. It was depressing. Just.
1: That's J. Roo. When he was right, he was right, but somehow he got his tone way the fuck off and then kind of stopped mattering. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: But anyway, forget the J. Roo stuff. Chubb, man. Respect.
1: Chubb, man. And and there's a classic 12-inch which I gave to to Mark that just has the amazing cover that I wish I had because I want to put it on the wall. I, I got the wall, yeah, the, the album cover, wall art joints. You know what I'm talking about? The frame, the album cover. You yeah, got yeah. some of those.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Man, what, I don't want to go in too long on it because we're about at time. Not easy deciding what goes in the frames. No. What are you
0: trying, What are you putting in the frames right now?
1: So... Right now, the only thing that's definitely in the frame is the Stakes is High Ooh. album cover. Ooh, that's a great album cover. It really is. It, and I, ha- I haven't hung it on the wall yet, but every time I look at it, I just think, God, that, yes.
0: Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off what I got framed right now. Okay. Stakes is High, I might have to bite that one. Yeah. Right now, I have, I have my, my line of Blue Note covers mm-hmm. in the lab. I have Hank Mobley, yep, Dippin'. I have Joe Henderson, In and Out, right. I have Bobby Hutcherson, Happenings, yes. Lee Morgan, The Sidewinder, love it. Donald Byrd, Bandwin Voices, a new perspective. One of the illest to me. With
1: oh yeah. With getting on the car. Yeah, bitten by a tom loc.
0: Finn by Tone Loc, and then I have which I recently framed, still in the wrapping, with the tag from Second Avenue Records, located on Second Avenue and Washington Avenue in downtown Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. My first piece of vinyl ever, given to me by my cousin. This is a very white boy type of piece of vinyl. Yep. Beastie Boys, check your head.
1: Oh, that's fresh though.
0: It's fresh. Classic album, classic cover and it is the first piece of vinyl i was given and so i in high school i remember my cousin saying like you know i know you don't have a record player i know you don't you know i don't know if you ever have a record player but you got to have this on vinyl you got to have a classic joint like this on vinyl so that's so dope that yeah frame and so I'm, i'm all about them
1: yeah so the what i'm debating now there's there's I only have one other frame. I mean obviously they sell more, but I'm broke. I will get some more, but <clears throat> I'm deciding whether we go with Terry Collier's What Color Is Love. We're so record nerd now right
0: now. Oh yeah, but it's good.
1: Yeah. What color is love by Terry Collier. You know the cover? The the woman like curled up on the on the on the like uh on the love seat with a cigarette. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Real
1: stylish flavor. Yeah. Or because I have the actual movie poster, which I need to reframe, I could do the Staple Singers and Curtis Mayfield's "Let's Do It Again." Oh yeah, right. So then we're we're getting a little, you know, we got the movie cover and the album cover. Yep. Or I could do the recently copped Roosevelt Franklin album cover, the Sesame Street joint, right only like black sesame street character of the puppets yep roosevelt franklin which is just more uh, it's it doesn't have the freshness like the music isn't fresh the cover is fresh the idea is fresh the music yeah. is in so <clears throat> but i i think i'm leaning right now towards the the staple singers joint but there's so many choices like so I feel many like, classics i feel like i have to run some steely dan oh yeah just because I'm such a huge Steely Dan head. I was looking at the Gaucho cover today, like maybe Gaucho, or you know, I, I, I could do more Jack. I don't know, I don't know. The stakes is high. Was just a no-brainer, and now, now it's it's a tough call. Out of those, which which is the leader at the clubhouse for you?
0: Besides the stakes is high. Yeah. I need to I need to look up the. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know which. Collier record you're talking about or did you friend that that's one of the ones right that's one yeah, of the it's ones. one of the ones that might
1: that might be yeah. I need to
0: look that one up yeah um, I know yeah, that, see like, I can't picture the Roosevelt Franklin and the and the and the Collier off the top of my head but I have yeah. the let's do it again which is classic it so, is classic
1: the drawing oh. of uh, it's got Sidney Poitier and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Bill Cosby they're each flanking um, I, I keep wanting to say Dynamite what's the brother's name uh,
0: uh, uh,
1: Jimmy, Jimmy something?
0: Yeah. What um, is
1: wrong with me? They're going to take away my blackness card for not being able to remember this. But he's like, he's got his face out and he's, he plays a boxer in the movie, so he's got his little arms dangling down with the boxing gloves on. The classic.
0: Let's class do it again. That was one of the first records I bought. That's one of the first non hip hop records I bought, too. I bought that at Jump Jump Music in North Portland, Classic Spot. And, uh,
1: it's a really I, cool record. I went
0: after that because Ice Cube used the title song as a sample on the remix of uh, It Was a Good Day. Absolutely And true I just though. thought that. na, don't no that. shit is so classic, man.
1: It's very
0: classic. So man. classic. Now, what album cover that I've just bought, sealed, that I'm not going to frame is 29 featuring Lenny White. Oh, yeah. Best of Friends. They're on some kind of stage, white background. One guy's on the floor on the phone wearing white pants and a pink shirt, black vest and a white tie. And they have some kind of, I don't know if it's a microwave or a TV that they're they're checking for. It's just not, it's not quite the cover that I'm going to put on the wall. Right. But Don Blackman killed in the production on that record. Word up. That was random, I know.
1: No, Come yeah, in. no, I had to pull it up. <clears throat> you know, I, I've I've passed that record up. I've seen that record. I've passed that record up for and years.
0: Had- and you know what? All I got to say is go on YouTube right now and look up yeah. Morning Sunrise. There's a Weldon Irvine version, uh-huh. and then there's 29 featuring Lenny White, and it's just as fresh. Morning Sunrise. Wow.
1: Word up. I'll yeah. check for it. Check for it.
0: Check for it.
1: Man, we're 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 out of time.
0: We are, listeners. I, I hope you I enjoyed this one.
1: It was it was a good one. I think. I
0: think it was a good one.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to go see about these enchiladas. Ooh, these enchiladas are are about to happen. Get up on that. Oh yeah,
0: there it is. Freshly in Your Father Podcast number twenty. Peace.